I want to know about the differences with the theater and also working on music videos. And why is like the differences is like what are the hours like too? Yeah, be crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, I hate working on on film <laughs> music videos. Um, so, for example, when I filmed the various music videos for Todrick or my shoot with Olivia Rodrigo, um, it's usually you know you shoot it in like a day, but it's like your call time is. You know, you can be called at 5 a.m. and then learn the routine, have an hour break, they get the extras, they have to do the lighting. A film shoot is probably, I mean, 12 to 18 hours um, mm-hmm. for three minutes. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, here you rehearse daily to do, like, a three-hour show. And film and TV, they're trying to gather a ton of content but every single shot needs to be set up really, really well. And they have to light it well and you have to do it a couple times and you don't know which one they're going to do because you don't have a mirror. You don't know what mm. you look like. On theater, you're the artist. You're performing your work. You are you are doing it. You are you get to decide what you do, mm. you know, during the choreography, but you get to be the one there. For mm. film TV, the director is really the artist. They get to decide how the message is shown. Mm. variety of things. And I don't want to say, like, we're props in it, but, like, mm-hmm. lacking that kind of creative control or, like, you know, you shoot five takes of something and they get to choose which one of those five takes of your face they're going to use, mm-hmm. like, without your input makes no sense to me um, because it's, it's not up to you. It's about up to them. And so I just don't like that. I feel... More authentic, right? Yeah, it feels inauthentic. I... I kind of feel like I'm being used or I'm just like a prop or like a body that's there and there's no audience that you're performing for. So no no actual connection to, you know, it almost feels purposeless. It's like, this is to make money because you're, you're just using, you're capturing my image to use it somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm, I see you enjoying it. Like I know this is giving you something or like, if I see someone like having a bad show or not enjoying it, like I can like kind of modify it and like make it better. But for film TV, it just, I'm just not about that at all. I think <laughs> that the result of film TV is that you get this video that hopefully is great. And that's really nice to have at the end, whereas theater is fleeting. It's like, it happens in the theater and that's it. It's gone forever and you can never mm-hmm. recreate it. So Mm-hmm. The, the, the differences with a music video in a theater. With casting yeah. as well, is it something similar? Yeah, I think for casting for film TV, you need an agent. Like in New York, it feels much more for theater uh, open and available that anyone could get cast in it. They're required mm-hmm. to post it on, you know, these certain union boards so that yeah. anyone can come audition for it, to be fair. But mm-hmm. for film TV there isn't that requirement. So you have to like know the right people. And mm-hmm. so then it's like, I don't know, then it gets all political and it's, it feels like anytime you get work that you're obligated to be thankful for it, that they, you know, were willing mm-hmm. to see you a chance or whatever. It's like, no, I, we should all get the fair chance to be seen and you should hire the right people to make the best work. And 
that's how I think theater works, but film TV is just not like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because I don't think film TV, no shade, is designed to create the best work. Or mm-hmm. you don't need the best actors to create the best work because you need the best director to choose whatever shots. And it's because their artistry is going to make the video, not the people themselves. Mm. Yeah, how was it like working with Todrick? Like I was looking at his um, Todrick call. I love his music video because like the <laughs> class itself is just like like so diverse, different type of colors. I'm just like props to him. How was it working with him? I am glad that you said that because a lot of people know Todrick because he's in the headlines a lot for a variety mm. of different negative opinions and shade and drama and whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I agree 100% that one of the things I think he does best is he always is very conscious about having a very diverse company yeah. of people in his videos and things. Um, he's always adamant about showing that. And he always, well, for a variety of the things he creates, he will post on his Instagram, which is publicly viewable, hey, mm-hmm. I need to for this thing. And anyone can try to link up to it. So I think for someone in LA, given that most things you need agents for to get submitted or whatever, mm-hmm. he needs to be accessible to be a part of his um, wow. career, which I think is really creative of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say I was always paid. I really enjoyed working with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he has drama in the past maybe, but I think that since maybe all that, he really is confident in paying all of his dancers and everything and anyone that works mm-hmm. for him feel confident in working for him. And, and this song is so catchy too. Like the sorry Barbie. I love that. <laughs> he's really created a lot of culture for the gays and everything. Mm-hmm. He's honestly the the most creative person I know. And he's probably one of the one of the most talented people I know. Like he was the lead of Kinky Boots on Broadway. Like that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is really passionate about what he does. And I, I mean, I think he's really talented. I think some people like can't sing, like they lip sync. And I think some yeah. people like can't dance. Like he can really do it. And he can do it like in drag, in heels and a wig and everything. And I uh, knew him from his YouTube days where he'd create all these, you know, parody YouTubes. And um, I just really respect how far he has come and hopefully will mm-hmm. continue to go given that he didn't come from his, you know, parents being record producers or huge, like really famous rich people. Like he really did that himself. He's unrepresented. Um, I really respect him. And I hope he stops getting so much disrespect from people that like to jump on a headline. Like I think it's- Yeah. I, I like Todrick. <laughs> um, do you, um, so working with Olivia Rodrigo, how was that? Like, it was that like exciting? I bet like there's a lot of like fangirls right now, like yeah. listening. It's like, how was working with Olivia Rodrigo? So-, so I, when I sent on to do the project, I wasn't told it was her. No one, mm. it was very secret. Uh-huh. Um, and we were filming a studio where all the signs were very secret. Um, oh. It was very hush hush. And when we got there, they were like, you, we have to zip your phones in these bags. No one's taking any oh. phones, no videos. And that was the day we were there from, I think like 
maybe like 11 a.m. to like 5 a.m. the next day. Ooh, um, oh, wow. So it, was, it was just a really long day, which I didn't know. I was told your call time <laughs> is 11 a.m. That was mm-hmm. it. We like learned our choreography and she learned where, you know, she was going to be. And we were, you know, kept pretty separate. Like she has a whole team around her. Mm-hmm. But what I remember with her is that we didn't get to filming around, until around like 3 a.m. And we shot like, oh, the whole, wow. like six times in a row. But she sang the whole. And the thing is, when you watch a music video, you hear all this music. None of that music's there. In fact, mm-hmm. no music at all. There's not a guitar. There's not a piano. Mm-hmm. There was a wow, like a click track because mm-hmm. you can't play loud music because of all the neighbors around. You don't want to re- reveal who's there. Yeah. And if you're playing mm-hmm. music, it would just like. They're like calling all these things. Like the management team is like, okay, cue the pyro, cue the thing. So you can't make any sound really. So mm. the whole music video is funny. We're really kind of filming it in silence, but she <laughs> sing it live. And she sounded oh. so good at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. six times in a row. She sang it perfectly six times in a row. And I was like, wow. She must have been 18 or 19. I was like, for her to do that, like, there's very few people I know that could do that. I was like, I thought that was really, really the, fierce. The professionalism is just another uh, level there. And the talent, I was like, I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Damn, I, I couldn't imagine, though, like, yeah. dancing and all you hear is a tick. I mean, it gives mm-hmm. you the notes on how to dance and stuff, but, like, a whole day from, like, 11 to infinity. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something like we learn one dance at noon and then another one at one and then we do it at three and then we put her into it. Oh, she mm-hmm. doesn't work in this number. Okay, so re choreograph the first dance. Oh, mm-hmm. we're only going to do the second dance now. Okay, it's 7 p.m. Let's do it with the cameras. Oh, let's go back to the first version of the first dance. It's like, it's so difficult because there's so many moving parts and there's so much money involved. I mean, that is truly it, is that like there's all these people who are watching takes of it, who like are investing tons of money into it. And so that affects all these things down here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to dance, but it it's made way more difficult by all those other things. But she was really, really good. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd worked. I had an in-ear that had the click so I could like do it correctly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was hard, but that that's just how it is. During that time, prior to the filming, and when I say action, like, did you guys like rehearse stuff? We we rehearsed it. This was filmed um, at the USC like track and field stadium. Oh, so, um, and they put up like walls all around it. So we were filming just like literally on the grass. Uh-huh. And there was a set area, but when we rehearsed it, we were rehearsing in a different area. So we had to go over. And we had like 10 minutes to kind of space it through. And like, it was, this is kind of how it is. It's like really fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And this is hard again. It's like, you can't stand there and be like, where am I supposed to stand? Like, okay, should we stand a foot away or whatever? Like, that's when you have to be smart and be like, I need to get hired again. And so I'm mm-hmm. just going to make it work and be perfect. And so you just have to be smart about it and kind of do everything you can to make it as easy as possible, you just have to make the, your choreographer look as if you've rehearsed it many times. 
even though there's no way to do it because everything keeps changing. And then suddenly we add the fire. Suddenly we add Olivia Rodrigo. Suddenly the camera angle changes. Suddenly you have a cameraman going this way. Like you just have to make it work. So I would say we rehearsed throughout that, you know, what, um, 12, four, uh, 16 hour day. But like, there was no actual like run of it before mm-hmm. we did it. Going back to your social media itself, like getting to know you as an um, outside the acting, commercials, music video, looking at your social media itself, it's like, like wow, like Brian loves like nature, loves activities, yeah. loves squirrel, chicken, and dogs, etc. It, it's just refreshing to see, oh, wow, he's a, he's a person. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention also, you are an entrepreneur as well outside those hats. What inspired to do like um the swimwear line? Yeah, I love the pastel colors. By the way, oh my god, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was it was the during the pandemic. I long story short, I actually had a little bit of Bitcoin before anyone else did, like just a little bit. So I had like kind of a little bit of money that I discovered randomly, and that's one part of it. The other part is. I was going to the beach every day during the pandemic. I was in Los Angeles and that was mm-hmm. the only thing open. And I realized I didn't like any of my swimsuits and I wanted to get a new one that was cute. And mm-hmm. I ordered a bunch from all these different places. And I was looking online at these designs. I was like, all these designs are horrible. Like these patterns look like they were designed by someone who was born in the seventies. And like, <laughs> that's not what I want. And I was like, uh-huh. what I buy or bad quality. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just want like a good swimsuit. And so I just yeah. kind of designing designs that I liked and picking out colors. And um, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I could figure out how to make this, right? And I had nothing to do because it was during the pandemic. And I said, well, I'll just do it. Like, I'll just invest a little and work with a company in Los Angeles. And um, I went through this huge process, which was way more... Uh, that I realized I was getting into. But I ended up with this small-scale production. I, like, did a small order with this company in Los Angeles that pays all their employees fairly and Mm -hmm. everything in COVID-safe conditions to make swimsuits out of recycled materials that were imported from Italy. It's so soft. It, like, stay nice. Um, It's it's recycled from fishing nets rescued from the bottom of the ocean. And I uh, was selling it while I, before Hamilton, and then I kind of got busy with Hamilton, but I'm going to kind of reopen it and sell the last of what I have. Because my whole point was just that, like, people see me in it, because I really made it for myself. Like, I designed the fit on myself and everything. And Mm -hmm. I just want a swimsuit that is cute, that fits nice and will last and like that's really it and i think a lot of people want that yeah it's like not a huge explosive crazy pattern just like something clean and nice and so i made it's it very clean very yeah. clean the minimum it's just like a nice basic option you know everyone needs like mm-hmm. a a more normal option mm-hmm. and so yeah i made it and every time i wear it people love it and asking me about it um it's called david swimwear um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of great Davids in my life. I just thought David was a good name, like Michelangelo's David. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, a number of people bought it, and I'm excited to kind of relaunch into it. 
What's your favorite color of your collection right now? <laughs> I, it's funny because I like some of the colors, but not all the colors look good on me. And that was mm -hmm. something I was really conscious about was that like different, you know, different colors have, um, look different on different people because of their, I guess there's primary tones and undertones or skin tones or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I just posted a photo. Wait, let me find my phone. I just posted a photo. <laughs> Um, is it pink? <laughs> is it the recent one? one? Is yeah, it pink? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes if I get a little too sunburned, then it like brings out the sunburn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like that one. And I like the, the peach. Well, I love the, there's this like mint teal color that I just think is so, oh. it's uh, so fresh, like <laughs> fresh like gum. Like, <laughs> It, it's so refreshing though to have your brown out there because like it diverged very like like the color itself is just such a nice color to look at like yeah. for non-binary like me i like to have a color a certain way and make my butt look okay you know not too yeah. like <laughs> almost like a thong but you know it's comfortable <laughs> so that's the thing with swimmers that it's always evolving and everything and my my thing with swimwear is just that like it's, I, I dedicated so much work and effort into this because when you wear a swimsuit, it's the only thing you're wearing. And so mm. I think it says a lot about you. You want to be really comfortable and confident in it. And yes. so I think yes. it's easy to wear, I find it easy to wear my swimsuit because I stand by it. Like it's not some shitty company. It's not using, you know, slave workers in like factory somewhere it's mm -hmm. like no this is a good company and it's like comfortable and cute and there's literally nothing i could say bad about it i like i love what i made so much mm -hmm. wow going through all of these phases in life and experiences like you know exposure like what would you say to yourself back then like mm -hmm. before entering this field i would say it has to be something similar to what i said about like you know, just like assholes, or just like, no, wait. <laughs> Something like, everyone has an asshole and everyone has an opinion. I just think that, like, I I don't think I was wrong, but I, entering theater and then entering swimsuits, like, everyone has an opinion. Like, mm. and some people were right and some people were wrong. And I did have a lot to learn in my life and I continue to learn. But, trying to decipher who is trustworthy or not and who's worth listening to mm -hmm. is incredibly difficult and changes. And yeah. so what I would advise myself is that you're perfect, you're beautiful, you're talented. No, uh, I would just say that <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. Take everyone's opinions and put them in a box and look through them, but mm -hmm. don't take it to heart. Yes. And really, like, allow yourself the space of patience and time and forgiveness that you will make mistakes as everyone else does. Mm -hmm. And those mistakes will make you stronger and a more caring and patient and respectful person to other yes. people's mistakes. I love that. Yeah, it refreshing to hear from someone like you who is really like established in this you know 
And for you know, like as a person who follows you on Instagram, I think it's just inspirational and humbling to speak to someone like you and to and to you like come to our podcast. So it's like oh, podcast yeah. show too. No, it I'm is- happy to chat with y'all. And I do you have a name for your audience? Are they mat- mat- matcha drinkers? Oh, the matcha lovers. <laughs> <laughs> the matcha lovers. We call them the matcha the lovers. Love that. Yeah. Have any like um, name already for your fans or not yet? No, I don't think so. I I'm always <laughs> shocked when people are watching my content. I'm like, because a lot of what I post on Instagram, I'm like, this is for me to look back on in my archive mm-hmm. in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, and that's why it's so authentic in my opinion. I it's really not for anyone else. I do think I live my life as well, do in somewhat performative way. Like, you dress up when you go outside and whatever. And I think mm-hmm. when you dress up. Like for a reason to be invited to a party or to be seen by whatever, that's where it gets flawed. But if you're going up, going up and out in your own confident way for your own reasons, if I'm just there taking videos of whatever I want, that's just authentic. And I think that really resonates with people because other people are like that. Like I love taking, you know, as you said, nature, I love being in nature. I love taking videos of plants and stuff because that is literally like every day I would get on the streetcar to go to Hamilton and mm-hmm. Toronto and I would look at this one bush and be like, Oh, like this leaf is sprouting today. Like, Oh, now it has flowers. And I think people <laughs> like to see that. And I think people need to be reminded of that, that like, it isn't about, you know, Oh, this person accomplished this. Oh, this person said this party. Oh, this person said this. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, Oh no, this is what's actually happening in the world. Like mm-hmm. the grass is growing today. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. windy today. Like, mm-hmm. We all kind of need to stop and like take a breath and look at our surroundings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I also remember like in your stories, I think you post this like almost every day where you walk past this corner. It's like a corner. Like every time it's like a, from a corner to the street, a corner to the street. And I was like, no, What's this that? is like yesterday. Like this. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, every day I'd walk down this corner, right? And, um, I get this huge, I was in this big alley and I'd see this huge view mm-hmm. with this smokestack and a couple of tall buildings in Toronto. And it, and then I would turn right into the stage door, but there was always like five seconds as I was walking straight, I just see this view. And so, and like it changed over the course of my six months. And I was like, for some reason, I'm always going to notice this view. Like I wasn't really noticing like, you know, the street or whatever, but the weather was different. Like I liked seeing the smokestack. It was just nice to, remind myself of that view. And I, I kind of figured that at some point I do a time lapse of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's funny because a lot of people really resonated that with that. And they were like, oh, like, how was it today? Oh, it was good weather today. Like people kept like, responding to it. I was like, that is what resonates with me and with people. It's just like paying attention to your surroundings, I guess. But yeah, you're mm-hmm. completely right. I did it like all the time. <laughs> and I was it's like, maybe very- he's going to work. <laughs> literally I was <laughs> little things can be like really good for mindfulness too right like like such as like that um, thank you so much for coming into our show we have any we were really like uh, I'm inside them like I'm screaming right now like ah <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm honored thank you for you have no idea um <laughs> do you have any upcoming um projects um do i 
No, actually, I just, I've now just moved back to New York. We just finished Hamilton. And so I actually, I've been a little anxious because it's like, oh, I'm suddenly unemployed for the first time in a while. But I finally moved back to New York. I was living in New York in 2018 before I did Miss Saigon. And then the pandemic hit and I moved out to LA and did Todrick and Olivia Rodrigo. And I was about to move to New York. Then Hamilton happened and then now I'm finally back to New York. So I'm really just trying, excited to settle in here to remake all my connections and to grow a bigger and brighter flame than ever before. I'm just really excited to be in New York. I love that. Do you wow. call your, um, do you call, we should call your fans like Brianators. Like, are you, are you yeah. on a Nators just leaning? <laughs> <laughs> You have a name for them already, right? Not yet. No. No, not yet. <laughs> Those people that watch my Instagram. Thank you so much, Brian, for coming <laughs> to our show again. I like to hear your stories and stuff. It's just really inspirational too. And I'm excited to buy more of your swimwear. <laughs> Thank you. No, Before the run out. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll make sure it's lit for everyone. It's David Swimwear at David underscore swimwear on Instagram. And what's your Instagram? My okay. Instagram is Leibson Bounds at Leibson Bounds. Leibson, which is my last name, is spelled L I E B S O N, and then B O U N D S. Some people say it's confusing, but I think it's a good pun. I've like had it the whole time. Mm-hmm. I want to teach it to Brian Leibson, but I I jump around a lot, so Leibson <laughs> Bounds. Mm. And your TikTok is so hilarious. Like your videos there. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, so, I, uh, I don't know. I yeah, yeah. I I need to get more on that. I just I like watching TikToks more than making them. We hope you enjoyed our episode of our podcast today. Before you go, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Logical underscore podcast. Don't forget our TikTok account. It's Logical Talks. All right, we hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>